Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, we discuss about social media growth, how you can grow your social media accounts to get traffic, engagement, sales, and many other things. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Neil Schaffer. How are you? I'm doing awesome, Anatoly. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing great. I remember when you shared a lot of valuable insights in our first episode. Yeah. That's awesome. I love learning. Uh, before we start, just remind our audience about your experience, background, and why you decided to pay so much attention with uh, social media. Well, well, I have been uh, an author, speaker, consultant on social media marketing, but also digital marketing since 2000. Well, I, I started blogging back in 2008 and uh, wrote my first book in 2009 and launched my company in 2010. So at the time, uh, the book was actually about LinkedIn, and I just felt there was this huge potential that most people didn't understand about social media. So I was sort of on a mission to help uh, people and companies understand the potential, and really by helping them become more social, um, they can help reach their business goals. So yeah, I've been doing it for, uh, for 12 years. It's a passion that uh, mm -hmm. continues to today. Mm -hmm. Nice. Can you tell how often uh, social media algorithms can change? Because, you know, for example, we can see that Google can change uh, 5,000 times a year uh, their algorithm. But uh, like uh, we get usually for uh, key changes, you know, uh, big changes. What about social media? Because, you know, uh, for example, uh, uh, I started my LinkedIn journey in 2020 and uh, I met a few times when something worked and then it didn't work, you know, so I need I needed to find something else. Can you tell uh, how, uh, how often can you see on social media when uh, social media algorithms uh, are changed? Yeah, you know, Google does a fairly good job of announcing mm -hmm. that. I don't think they announce every update, obviously, but for major updates, they announce it. And this mm -hmm. is why we're doing it. And this is what we hope happens from it. And uh, SELers and other marketers can learn from it. Social media, uh, social networks don't really do that. Now, LinkedIn very recently, speaking of LinkedIn, did say that, hey, we're going to start reducing the amount of polls we show in the feed because it was really getting out of control. But that was really rare. Um, we've had Facebook, Instagram, uh, maybe once or twice in their history make an announcement. So, you know, my theory is that algorithms are constantly in flux. They're constantly personalized. I know that Google has tried to do personalization. They really try to do it with Google Plus, which obviously they stopped doing. So there is an amount of personalization with search results. But I think when it comes to your news feed, it's even more personal and there's even a greater degree of personalization. So I'm going to say that uh, social media algorithms are very severe. They're very personalized. I, I think they're always testing. There's always uh, features that they're only showing to a few percent at a time. And there's tens of thousands of factors that I believe they're tinkering with on a very, very constant basis. So we, you have major mm -hmm. changes like Google that probably happen. I don't know how often, um, hard to say, uh, a few times a year, maybe in parallel. But I think the little changes are always happening. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned a few times about personalization. I love this word. I think today without personalization, it's hard 
you know, to go ahead because the era of lazy marketers is that, you know, uh, uh, customers and users are impatient to get what they want to get. They are not interested to consume some content that are not related with their interest. Can you tell how to personalize your content, how to find this uh, right message for your audience, especially on social media? Because people are not willing to buy on social media. They want to uh, find valuable information. But how to uh, personalize your message and uh uh, submit call to action to sell actually products. Yeah. So my, my uh, talking about personalization was how the algorithm is personalizing the results for every person. But when we talk about personalization in, in social media and marketing, um, you know, I, I'm working on some new definitions of, of like marketing and branding for a, a new course that I'll be teaching at a university. And, and, you know, I think most people forget the way I look at marketing is you're connecting your company or brand with people right? Mm -hmm. So a connection is not always an immediate sale. And if we look back at traditional marketing, like billboards and newspapers, they were not all immediately buy now, you know, click here. Um, you know, there was a lot of brand awareness that went into advertising and marketing as well. So I think that, you know, number one is that companies make this mistake. They're not trying to connect. They're trying to force the issue, right? Mm -hmm. So, in order to really be successful, you need to be as human and emotional as possible. And therefore, it becomes more personalized when you do that, when you really feel like a person reads it and they feel like you are speaking to them. And that only happens when you think a little bit broader about social media and about the connection mm -hmm. and finding ways of connecting with people and from that business will grow. So, you know, when you can connect with one person on a human level, it increases the chances that you can connect with more people because we share something in common. We're human. So that to me is my, my definition of, of personalization. I know it's not a traditional definition, but it, you know, you cannot personalize at scale over social media uh, with email marketing. You can actually add a first name if you have it and have more personalization mm -hmm. um, with social media. You, you really can't, but you can understand who your target demographic is and try to create content that really resonates with them uh, to me, is is your best chance of achieving this type of personalization, all the while while making sure that it's it, it's human, it's it's emotional, and it's creating that human connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love love it. Uh, you, you mentioned that LinkedIn, uh, you you pay more attention with LinkedIn. Uh, can you tell why? Why not Twitter? Why not Facebook? Because Facebook has three billion users. On YouTube, we have two point six billion users. Why LinkedIn? Because uh, because you know uh, I often see when uh, companies uh, limit their possibilities by choosing some specific social media. They think that LinkedIn is only for B two B. That's it. TikTok is only for uh, young youngsters. What do you think? Uh, how how to choose the right uh, social media and why your choice is LinkedIn? Yeah, so I I chose LinkedIn back in 2008. <laughs> um, obviously, <laughs> today, it really depends on where your target market is, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think a lot of B2C companies are going to strategize LinkedIn. Uh, it definitely is more B2B. However, if you sell uh, expensive items like real estate or financial services, then LinkedIn becomes might become your most important market. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, with LinkedIn, with, with other social networks, it is very, very hard to compete for attention. Mm -hmm. It's number one, just the way that the content works, like a TikTok. Uh, and number two, the way the algorithms work, like a Facebook, where it's pretty much pay mm -hmm. to play. LinkedIn mm -hmm. is professional. 
Uh, and therefore, if you talk about professional things about your business, uh, there is still a greater chance that people will resonate, will engage with that content versus, uh, you know, on another network like a Facebook or an Instagram. So it, I also think that for companies, there is a greater chance of actually getting organic reach compared to some of these other networks because of the algorithm, because of the nature of the content, because of supply and demand. There are still very few people and companies that that publish regularly on LinkedIn. And I think that also opens up another opportunity. So, you know, LinkedIn's not the only game in town, uh, but it, it's certainly something, I mean, for B2Bs, it, it's a no-brainer, number one place you should be. But even for B2Cs, there is some role in, uh, in at a minimum, things that can play advocacy of trying to get your employees involved. Uh, it, th there's a minimal role that it should have. And it's something that, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, they're the set. Well, Facebook's no longer sexy, but Instagram, TikTok, they're the sexy ones. So in the blogosphere, in the media, everyone's talking about them. But LinkedIn quietly continues to grow. Um, it's not at a billion users yet, maybe at 800 million, but it's certainly a huge network, uh, probably close to, uh, you know, Twitter and Pinterest combined, if, if not greater than that. So it's certainly the number, the fourth largest network. Uh, well, if you include YouTube, maybe the fifth largest, but it definitely is a network that uh, people should be paying more attention to than they do today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I'm interested about uh, consistency. For example, um, if I listen to Gary Vee, I can get that you need to post as maximum as possible, like four times a day and even more. Uh, and don't care a lot about quality, think more about quantity, you know, because you can cover a uh, more broader audience. Uh, but uh, some marketing books proclaim that you need to post only high quality content yeah you need to spend time and uh, it's hard to create high quality content at scale i mean like to post uh, uh every day can you tell how to find this balance between quality and quantity because for, i think you know for google it's important super high quality content uh better than uh content in the top 10 results but linkedin is more social media what do you think about this balance between quality and quantity yeah, you know, um, we always have to remember when we talk about what others are doing in social media. So let's compare our social media with Coca-Cola. Well, we can't because mm -hmm. it's a huge brand with a lot of money, with a huge budget, with a lot of people, right? And Gary Vaynerchuk, mm -hmm. you know, love you, Gary, but he's a huge enterprise as well. He, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's well known that he has a big team working for him, constantly creating content. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, for him, yeah, that's, that's his play. Um, he said like seven, eight years ago, I'm going to double down on content, triple down on content. And that's what he does. He is a content making machine. I will say also that even at a minimum, he has a minimal quality that is actually quite good compared to what most people can sustain. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have this concept that you are limited in terms of your time and maybe of things you want to talk about and your content creation abilities. I mean, I talk to companies, they don't even know what to blog about once a week for a year, if you can't think up 50 blog posts, how are we going to choose, you know, 365 status updates times two, three, four times a day, right? Mm -hmm. It becomes very, very challenging. So I don't think you have to go that far to be effective. And the reason is it's not just social media. You, there are other digital channels at play here. Uh, I think with social media, you know, for, for most people, for most businesses, you don't have to publish more than once or twice a day. So mm -hmm. immediately when you reduce the volume you publish, it should increase the quality out of the bat. But I also mm -hmm. think, and you know, my, my whole strategy on Instagram has been this way. If you don't have something of high quality to say, I wouldn't say it. 
because the algorithms, you know, with, with Google, maybe not as much. If you publish one really bad piece of content that doesn't get ranked, it may not necessarily affect your other content that gets ranked. Maybe your authority goes down a tiny bit, probably not much. But with the way that social media algorithms work, when you publish something and people don't engage with it, it's going to affect the way that your future content is seen in the feed and who sees it. And therefore, every piece of content really matters. Uh, and, and therefore, I think that, you know, just just publishing too much content is not a good and not a sustainable solution. So I would start mm -hmm. small. I always say start small. You know, I literally have a spreadsheet when I talk because I know that some people listening, well, everybody who listens to Anatoly is probably an expert in their own mind and they could probably be coming on your show as well. But um, I, I have a spreadsheet that says, hey, if you're a beginner at this, mm -hmm. what if you can just publish once a month, awesome. Like, don't, don't get stressed out about it. Just start the process. Because for some people, it's, it's hard to even do that. Okay, then if you can do once a week, you're at the intermediate. If you can do daily, I consider you advanced doing daily consistently. And I'll stick to that. So if you can publish daily and you're seeing results from that, like business results that say, wow, now I know that every time I publish, I'm getting more and more engagement. And that engagement in some way is leading to business. If you can say that, then go ahead you know, uh, hire a content team, publish as frequently as you like, but I'd rather see you publish daily consistently rather than five times a day. And then a few weeks later, you're burnt out and then you're invisible in the feed because the feed is always working. There's always content to show and sorry, but your content's only good for 24 hours, right? So keep those things in mind. It, it's a more complicated answer than what Gary Vee says, I believe. So keep those things in mind. Don't overdo it. But I think if you can focus on one a day, it will allow you to create higher quality content and allow you to be more consistent and, you know, be more sustainable as an operation. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I agree. You don't need to copy Gary Vee because, yeah, by the way, uh, I, I listened to one episode when Gary shares how many people can help to create content and he mentioned 15 people. They can help to create content and uh, repurpose content with many different social media. So, yeah. He has resources, by the way, he started from Twitter as well. He spent like seven year, years uh, to uh, tweet every single night, you know, when he promoted his wine brand uh, for some time. Yes. So, yeah, uh, it's patience. Uh, I'm interested about uh, creating the right content plan. For example, if uh, I'm looking for a content plan for Google, I can search for uh, evergreen content, you know, by using keyword research tools. What about social media? How to create this content plan, for example, if I'm going to post every single day? Well, yeah. So, you know, social media does have hashtags and, and LinkedIn does have hashtags as well. So... I think it's less about the search aspect, although, you know, social media, they are search engines themselves, but we mm -hmm. don't use them necessarily to do a lot of searches. And when we do, it's normally based on the hashtag. Uh, I think it's more of when your content appears in the feed of your followers, do they engage or not? That mm -hmm. is the critical thing. And therefore, instead of thinking about the SEO of your content, think more about the visuals of your content, photos, videos memes, uh, GIFs, these are the things that tend to catch people's eyes. And these are the things that tend to get the engagement that then gets your content more visibility and allows it to be successful. So yeah, you should include SEO uh, hashtags. Even LinkedIn has something called creator mode and everybody watching this video or listening to this mm -hmm. podcast should be on creator mode on LinkedIn. 
Just go to your, edit your profile. You'll, you'll see it pop up. Just turn it on. It's free. It allows you to associate five hashtags with your profile that will appear in your profile. But also there's a feeling among people like me that, uh, and LinkedIn sort of hinted at it, that um, they want to expose the content of creators uh, to more people in LinkedIn. So there's a feeling that if you publish content and you use a hashtag that is affiliated with one of those five hashtags that you say that you're sort of an expert on, that there's a feeling that you might get a little bit extra visibility in the feed because of that. So um, I guess with Google, it's like, well, if you use schema markup and you, you have an FAQ section, you have a greater chance of getting the same content seen. Uh, it's sort of a similar aspect uh, with LinkedIn. So, um, you know, very different than, than SEO, but it, it's all about attracting attention and, uh, and the hashtags, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, about uh, con- content and mode, uh, creator mode, yeah, uh, on LinkedIn. You know, when I set up this feature, uh, and you know, uh, I tried many different formats on LinkedIn. Uh, I posted content and uh, published articles, but all articles got uh, low engagement, probably yeah. without engagement. Then yep. LinkedIn changed the algorithm, and today, uh, you uh, all your followers and connections can subscribe to your newsletter if you have this creator mode. After writing the article uh, about uh, my experience with filming videos and SEO, I got uh, 32,000 subscribers on my newsletter on LinkedIn. You know, uh, I was shocked, you know, because uh, uh, today if I post any article, I can get like 28% of open rate. It's a lot, you know, it's like uh, more than uh, 9,000 views uh, when I post new articles. And yeah, with this creator mode, I could overcome this uh, struggle to get engagement for my articles. So I recommend to everyone just to build your uh, uh, loyal audience and uh, set up this feature because you can get high engagement. Engagement. And LinkedIn, by the way, sends uh, emails to all the subscribers to their email list and they can open your article and read it. So, yeah, I agree with that. Love it. Uh, I'm interested yeah, about Anatoly, Anatoly, Let's, let's yeah. dig a little bit deeper into that. So LinkedIn articles, actually, when they were just uh, formed many years ago, mm-hmm. they used to get a lot of engagement. Uh, I had articles that had, you know, 100,000 views on LinkedIn. And once again, the algorithm changed. And they no longer really favor that. But today, mm-hmm. the number one thing that they're favoring is LinkedIn newsletter, right? And I have yeah. a story for you, but I want to ask you, Anatoly, when did you publish your first newsletter? How long did it take you to get to the subscriber base you have? Uh, I think uh, that was uh, one month ago, uh, not alone. So uh, I posted like six articles on LinkedIn. I didn't get any, any engagement and I decided to skip it. Uh, don't use this uh, feature anymore. But uh, when after reading a new blog post, uh, I found that uh, LinkedIn can share your articles uh, by sending two emails. I decided to try one more time. And when I posted this article one month ago, uh, yeah, I got like uh, 20,000 subscribers for five hours. Yeah, uh, for me, I know it's hard to get 25,000 subscribers because you need to create landing page, to provide a strong reason, to subscribe to your newsletter. It takes time. But with this feature, I got 20,000 subscribers and right now I have 32. 
thousand subscribers uh, on my LinkedIn articles. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, the main reason that because you know uh, I know other content creators who uh, tried uh, something like this, and they usually get like five percent, five ten percent. I got uh, over thirty percent. Uh, because you know uh, what it's important if you want to use this feature you need to write the best possible article uh, uh, maximum value I use storytelling style I spend time you know to create this story uh, I submitted my insights my personal experience and when uh, LinkedIn uh, sent these articles to all my connections and followers uh, more than 30 percent of them subscribed it's a lot, you know, because I compared to other metrics. Uh, and after sending uh, new two articles, I got plus 10,000 uh, subscribers. And for me, yeah, that's good result because uh, I compared with others. Yeah. Yeah, Not that's bad. amazing. Yeah, you're, you're killing it, my friend. I just, I asked you because I just started my newsletter two weeks ago. And mm -hmm. I started mine because I was in Japan recently. And I met with a friend who also does what I do in, in, in Japan. And uh, mm -hmm. he mentioned he had started a newsletter a month ago and he already had 600 subscribers. And I'm like, wow, nice. that's good. And I mean, it's bigger than his own email list, right? I'm like, mm -hmm. well, wow, how did you do it? He, he goes, I just, you know, the, the, the news feed is just really favoring newsletters. So I started mine two weeks ago. I'm not at the level you, you are, my friend. So mm -hmm. challenge accepted. But I, I do <laughs> notice that it definitely sends it out to the feed. It sends it in notifications. When I published my second newsletter, excuse me, I actually mm -hmm. got an email. So LinkedIn is also using email to send out, uh, you know, email messages about your newsletter. Now, for me, I always did a weekly newsletter. So it was very, very easy for me to repurpose that into the mm -hmm. LinkedIn newsletter. But if you don't have a weekly, uh, a weekly newsletter, doing exactly what you said, Anatoly, really sharing your insights. You know, did you publish anything this week? Was, was there any news in your industry this week? Um, mm -hmm. Just spending a little bit of time can be really impactful. So, yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because when talking about the LinkedIn algorithm, that is mm -hmm. the number one thing. And it does require you. I, I do believe consistency is going to be key and, you know, quality content. I think if you had a daily newsletter, I don't know if people would, would subscribe. It's a lot of content. But weekly is a very, very mm -hmm. good pace. And it gives you a chance to really compile your thoughts over the course of a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have uh, the question about engagement. Can you tell? Uh, for example, um, I uh, many content creators they give up because can't get high engagement. They usually post and nobody uh, cares. Uh, they don't get likes, comments, anything. You know, uh, it's it's frustrating if they share some uh, valuable information. Can you tell how to build your audience who will engage, who will uh, comment, uh, like, and even uh, buy your products? Because uh, yeah, uh, it, it's a big struggle for money people. okay here we go peace for all right my t-shirt <laughs> peace is a two-way street mm -hmm. i can be peaceful but if you're not peaceful it doesn't happen i believe the same is for engagement it is a two-way street if you can understand that analogy if you want engagement you have to engage with others when you engage with others and they engage back you put a comment on their post and they like your comment, they reply to your comment. The algorithm sees this as you are building some connection with that content creator. And therefore there's a greater chance that that content creator is going to see your content when you publish. So I think the missing ingredient for a lot of people is the engagement, is actually going out and engaging with other people's content. Because if you don't see it, you're just seen as someone, you know, you're just seen as a, a, a getter and not a giver in the algorithm's perspective, and your content will not do as well. And this is the thing, you can automate everything. You can push content out to the social networks and not even be there. I, I had, this happens a lot on Twitter, right? 
I'll get this, hey, Neil Schaefer, thank you for following me. And I'll reply with a hashtag automated question mark, and then I won't get any reply, right? Well, what is the purpose of publishing content if you're not even responding to people who respond to your content? And that's the mindset that marketers and content creators have to get rid of. You give mm-hmm. and you'll get. And that's why when I talk about that spreadsheet for publishing content, you know, once a month is intermediate, uh, once a month beginner, once a week intermediate, once a day advanced. I also have a similar one for engagement. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Although if, you know, for every one post I publish, I'd rather you engage with 5, 10, 20, 50, 100 people. So mm-hmm. that's the key yeah. thing. And, and engagement means that you truly care about people. You have a target audience, you have a network, you have followers, and you want to nurture them. And that's part of marketing. So stop looking for the shortcuts of just publishing content. And with Google, of course, that works. It's a search engine, right? But, you know, social media, it's a two-way street. And the algorithm is just not going to favor your content. And therefore, you're not going to get very many views. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because um, uh, I check out some studies that uh, people are willing to leave a new comment if they get reply to uh, their comments. For example, if someone uh, leave a comment about uh, thoughts with your content, if you reply to them, even just simple stuff like thank you, you know, name, that's it, you know. Uh, it's better, of course, to provide more value, but uh, if you have no time, just uh, simply uh, to write thank you, uh, and you can increase the chance that this uh, people will uh, leave new comments in six times. It's a lot. And I, I remember when I check out a few profiles and they reply to me, I don't know what's going on. Uh, uh, people don't want to comment. And I analyzed and found a few comments without reply. Uh, you know, uh, how do you want to, uh, I don't know, to tell uh, new people to comment if you don't reply people who uh, try to uh, communicate with you? So for me, yeah, uh, I agree with that. And uh, one more thing uh, uh, I like in your reply that you need to engage with others. So find a relevant uh, post and comment on their stuff. Uh, I think uh, it's a well-working strategy if you share additional value to their post. Uh, people uh, want to get more value. They uh, uh, read your comments and they understand, oh, yeah, I, I get value. It's better to follow because I want to get more values. So it's strong reason. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think yeah, about social think media the, groups? Mm-hmm. I think the great thing is that people do not expect you to reply. Yeah. Especially if you're a company, they don't. So when you do, it really makes their day. It really makes it memorable for them for the fact that you actually went out of your way to reply. So it's something very simple to do. Just at the end of the day, go through your notifications, right? You don't need a tool for that. I used to use a tool for, and sorry, my, my son is uh, asking for more game time on his iPhone. But anyway, um, I used to you know use a tool to manage all my LinkedIn communication, Twitter. And guess what? I found that it actually slowed me down and it made it harder to manage notifications. So I just go on the LinkedIn directly, go on the Twitter directly, go on to these networks directly. You don't need a tool. You just need a little bit of time and just go through the notifications at a minimum, but don't forget to proactively engage as well. Go through your own feed, right? If there's mm-hmm. content you don't want to see there, engage with other content that you do want to see. And so make your feed something that you would want to engage with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about uh paid or organic reach, you know, uh, from your experience, uh, which way is better uh, or uh, c- can businesses consider both, you know, because, uh, uh, for example, I think organic reach is great. It helps to create brand awareness, but it's uh, harder to sell 
your products. With paid uh, marketing, you can sell actually products, you know, to set up the right message. What do you think? How to find this balance between uh, organic reach and paid? I think in 2022, and we're going to be in 2023 soon, it's very, very easy. The writing is on the wall. You should not be expecting website traffic from social media. Mm -hmm. And if you post on social media only with the aim of getting website traffic, you will fail. Mm -hmm. If you want website traffic, create better content for Google. That is the best way. There is so much traffic being generated by a, a search engine versus social media. What social media mm -hmm. does want is content for people to stay on the platform. So that's your organic content. It keeps people on the platform. If you want to take people off the platform, that's who you want to pay. And I think today it, it's, a, it's really, really simple. I mean, it's black and white. So you can mm -hmm. organically try to get people to buy your products, try to get people to your website. It is going to be very, very difficult. And therefore, yes, it, if you want to make money, you need to spend money. And I think that's what it comes down to. But that organic is so critical in helping your brand get found, in building brand mm -hmm. awareness, in developing relationships, educating customers, uh, creating partnerships. And so you really need to think about social media in that way. It also provides credibility, provides social proof for your company. So think about it two different ways, but always remember people don't buy from uh, pe people who, even companies who buy from other companies are people, right? So it, it comes down to people. And those are the people that are going to become your, your customers. Those are the same people you can be engaging with on a daily basis on LinkedIn. So if mm -hmm. you build friendships, it will, and you genuinely help people, it will translate the sales over time. But if that is not working, then yes, certainly accelerate, you know, do the paid option. Um, but, uh, but yeah, always remember there are other options out there in terms of what might work, what might not work in social media. And for social media advertising for paid ads, LinkedIn is also very expensive because of its demographic. So that's when you might want to consider other networks to advertise with that might be much more uh, cost effective, but you won't know until you experiment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, I think for LinkedIn, I know uh, a few companies who can set up a uh, marketing message pay, with paid marketing. Yeah, it's expensive, but uh, the quality of leads are much higher as well. And uh, I Absolutely. know companies yeah, that uh, handle uh, $120 million for their clients on LinkedIn uh, paid ads uh, and they provide great results. Um, so yeah, I think this channel works. Uh, it's not a good idea to chase uh, cheap clicks. You know, it's more uh, to chase uh, quality leads, uh, clicks who will provide uh, some value. Okay, uh, I'm interested. You know, um, I often consume your content. Uh, I read your blog posts. I know that you have your awesome podcast. You write books. Can you tell about repurposing? For example, if I have only uh, two hands. Uh, it's my limit, you know. <laughs> Can you tell how to find time to uh, write blog posts, uh, to uh, record audio podcasts, write books? I know you speak Japanese and Chinese, you know, for me, it, it's the highest level. Can you tell how you schedule your time to provide all this stuff? Well, yeah, I get asked that question a lot. And I think that it comes down to a combination of batching, repurposing um, priorities and strategic investment. So mm -hmm. for instance, I, I wrote this book back in 2020 and I am that this is my fourth book. So my fifth book is actually a little bit delayed 
I wish that it would be out by now. So even I am human and don't always find enough time to do things. But I find that, first of all, if you are going to invest in something like a podcast, you need to be consistent with it. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I'm human and I launched my podcast in 2013 and I only have about 280 episodes. If you do the math, I should have way more episodes. And the reason is there were a few years where I just did not podcast. I just did not feel inspired. Um, I, I wasn't in the rhythm. And then when I came out, when I was going to come out with that book, The Age of Influence, a few months beforehand in the winter of 2019, I realized as I became a more avid podcast listener myself that I really wanted to contribute. I really wanted to uh, to to get a following, to have a message, to be able to attract great people to interview and what have you. And that's why I really set out where I'm going to be consistent. Now, even since that uh, winter 2019, there are a few weeks where I haven't published, but I've tried to make that up by publishing twice a week, for instance, when I have mm-hmm. time. Um, and really trying to create this, this, this stockpile of content that I can reach out to when I have time. So that, that's, you know, what's really, really worked for me. And now it's like, okay, well, you know, I want to get to episode 300 at the end of the year. So if I can publish 50 episodes a year, that gives me two weeks off. And that means that, you know, next year I'll end with 350 and then 400 and so on and so on. So, um, and, and really, you know, it, it's about a habit. All of this is about a habit. Po- posting daily to social media is about creating that habit that you're going to do it. And you, it, it's muscle memory. So the podcast is the same and writing a book is the same. And a lot of the content I do is the same. I X out a day on my calendar. That day is Friday. Friday is my fun day. It's my R&D day. It's my content day, right? So those that's the day where I will try to record podcast episodes. Um, I will try to write more of the blog content. And for me, you know, I, I wrote books. So for me, writing blog content is a natural thing. But I'm also very, very passionate about the mm-hmm. art because I, I really want to help educate people, Anatoly. And I don't know how you feel, but I feel... In digital and social media marketing, you know, I, I posted this this post yesterday on LinkedIn. I'm teaching this new course, and I'm looking for links of content where I can lead my students to to learn more about social media and branding. And I got people going, "Oh, you know, you should go to HubSpot, or oh, you should go to this side." And you know, businesses create content for content marketing. I create content because I really want to help people. I know you're the same, Anatoly, mm-hmm. right? So I don't want people going to a big company's content. That's corporate America creating content to generate leads right? It's not yeah. us in the field creating content based on our experience, really trying to help people and really trying to help businesses. So I feel very passionate about that. And that's the passion, Anatoly, that's really driven me to create more and better content so I can defeat all those big companies that you know have all this great search engine ranking when I think that their content is sometimes off. Now, sometimes their content is bang on and I, I bow my head and I will not even try to compete, right? But in most cases, I do think that uh, the content that's written is very, it's regurgitated. I've seen it on other sites. It's not written by experience. It's not human. It's not emotional. And then I can outperform it. So you have to have passion in what you do. If you are passionate about your business and you want to help others, you will find the time to create the context. The content gives you the visibility. And, you know, podcast content lives on forever. Google content lives on forever. Social media content does not live on forever. And that is why... I'm a big fan of the Google, the po- well, the blog, the podcast, the YouTube video, because these are the things that are searchable over time. Truly, if you create your content to be evergreen, it is the gift that keeps on giving. Social media, very different. It's where everybody is, but it's really this marketplace to develop relationships. You develop business through content on Google, YouTube podcast. 
you create relationships through content on social media. But at the end of the day, it does develop into business when you get people over, right? from social media, not by, you know, putting it down their throat, but after they get to know you, they want to know more about that product or that service or your company. And they will click on that link. They will go to your website over time. So it's a different, it requires a little bit more patience, but that's why, you know, when I wrote um, the book and I know that we've gone way off the topic, but it, it, it bears, you know, repeating, you know, when I wrote this book, the age of influence, I had all these companies reach out for me for help with influencer marketing, but for many of them, influencer marketing was not the best solution for their needs. Maybe it was email marketing. Maybe it was just they didn't have any organic social presence. Uh, maybe it was SEO, right? So there's a lot of different things you could do. And every, every channel in digital and social has its role. And you need to understand that. And once you understand that, it actually helps you create content, getting back to where I find time. If you have that passion, it actually allows you to more effectively create that content. So yes, I can repurpose my blog posts into my email newsletter, into a LinkedIn newsletter. So repurposing definitely helps. Batching every Friday, pick a time. Many people, I think even Gary Vee talks about the 80-20 rule, right? You know, 20% mm -hmm. of your time, do R&D, whatever it is, that's what's key. But I, Anatoly, I do not create as much content as I would like right? I have a weekly podcast. I have a weekly newsletter and my blog is going four times a week, which is awesome. But I don't have time to do YouTube videos. I don't have time to write books. So even I don't have time to do everything, but pick one of those. You don't have to do all of them, right? But the blog yeah. is the something that gives you traffic from Google and it gives you something to talk about. You could repurpose your blog post into a, into a podcast. You can talk about it on LinkedIn, put in your newsletter. To me, that is where it all starts. Now, for other people, it starts with the podcast. For others, the YouTube video. Pick your poison, but pick one of those and use social as an extension of that to repurpose. And I think you're going to be a lot more successful. And you're going to find, heck, Neil was right. I do have time to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, givers get more than takers. Yeah, definitely about that. Uh, and I know how to find patience, you know, because... Uh, uh, many content creators give up because of patience that uh, can't get results. And uh, you mentioned about passion. If you have passion, you don't need to have patience because with passion, you can do something that you like. For example, uh, if I like playing tennis, yeah, uh, I can play tennis. I, I'm not waiting that someone will pay money. Uh, because yeah, yeah. I, I love playing tennis. So uh, it's the same with creating content. If you love uh, creating content, uh, you don't need to have this passion because I know some content creators spend uh, six months without results. You know, they create content at scale every single day, but they love it. You know, they are not waiting when someone will engage with their content. But uh, consistency can help to uh, create quality, confidence and uh, to learn about your uh, audience. So, yeah, uh, I, I love your reply. Um, yeah, definitely about that. Yeah, and, and case in point, mm -hmm. right? And um, I always, yes. So if you are in marketing, one of the most popular podcasts on all the charts is a podcast called the Marketing Books Podcast. This mm -hmm. is a podcast put out by Douglas Burdett, who is the CEO this podcast, of, I know. Yeah, of the sales artillery, right? For those that don't know, he started this podcast because he you know, reads a lot of marketing books and he, he thought, well, wouldn't it be great if I could interview these authors and learn from them? And he started it with a passion and a curiosity. And I know that Anatoly, you also have some of that. You, you learn a lot from, you're a great learner. You learn a lot from interviewing people. And I'm the same, right? I want to interview people on my podcast that I feel like I can learn from. 
So mm-hmm. it, it's a passion, it's a curiosity, and it can lead to some great business results. Like I know it has for Douglas um, over time, mm-hmm. but you, you know, you, you got to start with that, uh, you know, the curiosity, the passion. I, I like the combination of both. For me, my blog content, Anatoly, I'll, I'll be honest, a lot of it's R&D, a lot of it's my own education. I want to learn more about this. What are the top, you know, 10 SEO KPIs that SEOers use? I don't know, but if I go through the top 20 results that Google shows me for top SEO KPIs and I do a little bit of analysis, I'm going to come up with some ideas. Yes, this makes sense. No, this doesn't make sense. Yes, this is one I'd recommend. And then I write my own post, right? So, you know, if it, it, it's a combination of like R&D slash curiosity slash passion that will allow you to keep going with your content. And you know what? If you give up on one platform, try another one. 90 days. If it doesn't work, go to another platform. But don't give up on the content creation because mm-hmm. it does work. It does require time. Sometimes you didn't choose the right platform, the right medium, or sometimes your content may not be good enough. You know, I, Anatoly, I blogged for many years without comparing my content with what shows up in search results for that content. It is very humbling, right? Mm-hmm. I was doing keyword research yesterday. There was a blog post I was going to write. I looked at the top search results. I go, you know what? I can't compete with that. I don't have that deep of experience that these people have in this topic to be able to write something even half as good. I'm just not going to write about it, right? It, but it's very humbling. But it also means that, wow, I can create better content in the top 10 results. I'm going to do it. That's where the passion mm-hmm. comes out. When you see the traffic and things start to click over time, that's where you keep going because now you have your energy. And, and once you develop the business, then yeah, you definitely keep going. But but yeah, you need to get to that point. For some people, I mean, it takes three months. For others, it takes a year or two. But you got to keep going. It's an investment, but it's an asset, right? Every piece of content is an asset. It's part of your IP. Uh, and don't forget that you're building brand equity with every piece of content you publish. Yeah, you unhided my loving strategy. You know, uh, I, I'm looking for uh, topics that have a lack of quality content in the top 10 results. You know, if I yeah. can't create something better, much better content, I skip this. You know, even if I uh, I can get uh, high traffic, you know, results. But uh, yeah, uh, for me, it's better to cover topics that have a lack of quality content where you can provide a lot more insights because Google cares about that. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, Anatoly, if I'm if I am a consultant on social media marketing, there is a minimum amount of content I have to have. I, I can't mm-hmm. be a consultant without publishing any content about LinkedIn, regardless if it's going to appear at the top of the search results or not. Right. So there's also this you have stories to share. You have content to share. So there's also a part of this content where don't worry about the search engines, but share your passion, share your experience. And that's the other side I don't want people to forget about as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the final question about uh, uh, learning about social media. For example, if you started today without any experience, skills, uh, anything, you know, what would you do to learn about social media? Man, the number one thing you can do is consume social media. Every day, mm-hmm. spend an hour, right? What content comes in your newsfeed? What content is getting a lot of engagement? What are people talking about? That is the best education you can get. And it's something that a lot of people just don't do, right? So it was my podcast. I created my podcast in 2013 as part of my own content marketing, but I had never listened to a podcast. How can I create a podcast when everybody listening is comparing my podcast with others and saying, this is bad, right? So once you consume the content, so, you know, I haven't started a TikTok strategy yet. I have started a YouTube strategy and I've consumed a lot of YouTube videos and I realized no, YouTube isn't a place where you just upload videos. You actually have to have a very tactical strategy. You need to create videos in a certain way because that's the way that people use the platform. 
So you need to understand the way that people use these platforms. And it's the same thing with, you know, talking about search intent with Google. You need to understand, you know, if Google is serving up top results, it's because those are highly performing posts. What are people looking for when they search for those keywords? So it all comes down to understanding the human psyche, the users, the platforms. And literally, if you could spend a week or a month or three months just consuming, I guarantee you that when you start creating content, you're already going to be way ahead of all those other people who don't care. They're not engaging. They're not looking at their own newsfeed. They don't understand what's working like the newsletter, right? That we just talked about. Um, yeah. And they're, they're completely missing out on the boat because of that. Awesome. Awesome tips. Uh, uh, Neil, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. You always share valuable insights. Yeah, I love it. Okay, Tell totally our audience. You are, yeah. you know, in terms of like growth hackers out there and marketing, you you are at the top level, my friend. I really enjoy talking with you and hearing about your progress and seeing all the amazing thought leaders. I'm, I'm really honored to be here that you have on your own uh, uh, your own video. So uh, the pleasure is mine. I know I I'll, I see a lot of my feeds, so I know I'll, I'll continue <laughs> to see your content uh, even after this is done. Yeah, a big pleasure. Uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. <laughs> well, my name is... Mm, yeah. yeah, I just woke <laughs> up. So Neil Schaefer. So I am Neil Schaefer everywhere on social media. Um, NeilSchaefer.com. My podcast is called Your Digital Marketing Coach with Neil Schaefer. And if you search on Amazon, you'll find my books as well. And yeah, I love uh, I love making new connections and helping people where I can. So uh, I know that Anatoly is the same and, and uh, he should be your go-to person for questions. But if I can be of any other help as well, please let me know. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Uh, thanks again. You know, a big pleasure, Neil. Welcome back anytime because I know that you can share a lot of valuable insights. Uh, guys, you need to follow, uh, to connect with Neil. Uh, send uh, the connection message because uh, we don't want to <laughs> get some spam, you know, yeah. And uh, uh, see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.